With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. Ah, yeah, you know what it is. Hard worker, scrappy, unfiltered, and sometimes unhinged football content. Hard to explain, but you know it when you see it. Doing it daily our way. I don't know what you're talking about right now. Redraft and Dynasty Fantasy Football, we got you covered. You know their defense is ranked like 31st in the NFL? NFL draft prospects and rookies? Now you know you're in the right place for that. Absolutely. All right, then stop saying it. Then we're done. And prop bets with my man Jay Rich. Count that money, man. Now wipe the crust out of your eyes. Get you a cup of coffee. It's time to wake your ass up with Ray G. You honestly are making absolutely no sense and you sound silly as hell. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good people. It is Thursday, March 3rd, 2022. It's Wake Up with Ray G. Glad y'all are here. Glad y'all are in the building. Show brought to you by our dope partners, Prize Picks. Man, y'all see them at the bottom. Shout out to Prize Picks. Prize Picks, go to the link in the description. Use the promo code Wake Up. They match you dollar for dollar. First time depositors up to 100 bucks. Free money, baby. You put in 100, they match you 100. You can get in on the goodness, man. We have been fire. Jay, how you doing this morning? The Discord is blowing up with winning tickets left and right, building that bankroll yes, for the NFL, man. It's been good. How you doing this morning? I'm good, man. I'm good. You know, woke up a little bit late today, so I'm mm-hmm. happy it's the film grade day. You know, it's all about you and your film grades, the people constantly. Ray, we need more film sessions. We need you to talk about tape. We need you to grind that tape. This is what it's all about, man. This is what they've been asking for. We're doing top five wide receivers, top five running backs. And if you want the rest of these film grades, patreon.com forward slash all. No, Pat Prospect Talk. Wow. Man, I went with the all that gas. Was, you were smooth. I went with the all that gas. Part. Yeah, you went with the old joint. All gas is uh, all gas is what you got to do with Pristine Auction. So pristineauction.com forward slash register. We checked it out. Like, if you registered yes, on Pristine Auction, you have a really good chance to win that Jonathan Taylor helmet because there haven't been a lot of reg- – I don't I don't know why. Let, Jay, I, I, got, I think people thought I was bullshitting, but signed JT full-size Indianapolis Colts helmet right there. I didn't sign – I haven't yes, even touched – I haven't even touched the Matt Black part of it. I don't want to get anything on there. All you got to do, all you got to do – to be entered in the contest to win that is just register with the promo code all gas. That's all you got to do. You don't have to buy anything. You know, just register, right? We want you to get something. They give you $10 off when you register. But all you got to do is register and you get entry into the JT helmet giveaway. I, I got the box right here. It's got the authentication thing. So it's really JT's signature. All you got to do is register. I don't know why people haven't done it. If you want to, the link is in the description. But, uh, Jay, any news that dropped? I saw Cliff Kingsbury got extended in Arizona. The Giants want to trade Saquon Barkley. The Eagles have doubled down on Jalen Hurts. All kind of rumor mill floating around at the combine, bro. Yeah, I know. It's a lot of GMs. And then we had some wide receivers take the podium yesterday. So, like you mentioned, 
uh, what is it? Cliff Kingsbury, Steve Klein, both got extended, I believe, till 2027, which was a bit of a surprise. You know, a lot of people thought that, especially for Cliff Kingsbury, this would be a prove it year for him in 2022. But apparently, from you know some inside sources people you talked to, this is all part of the plan. They weren't expecting to be this good this year, but 2022 is really the make or break year. Um, one of the things I don't know if we ever touched on it or not, but Justin Ross not participating. I think we talked about that later in the day. That was confirmed. Uh, David Bell. So this is really interesting for me. David Bell was talking about who he models his game after. He's talking about his route running is apparently Keenan Allen. His contested catchability is Allen Robinson. And his explosiveness is Amari Cooper. And no disrespect to David Bell, but I think that's a ceiling comp for him in pretty much every single area. But interesting to see who we talked about. And then the other one that I wanted to mention to you and people on the show, Traylon Burks talked about watching a lot of A.J. Brown tape. And he also loves to watch Debo Samuel. Debo. So when we talked about Traylon Burks, we said, you know, you were kind of on Debo Samuel. And then I brought up A.J. Brown because I think he's more of the ex-receiver version of Debo Samuel. And it's crazy to think that, you know, this is what kind of we see on tape. Apparently, Traylon tends to agree, right? And then Trey Yo. McBride also met with the Giants after Kyle Rudolph got released with Devontae Booker. So that's maybe a small little fit. He met with Dayball yesterday. So we'll see kind of if Trey McBride could be a good fit in New York. I thought that'd be a little bit interesting from a yeah, fantasy man. standpoint. One of the things that I found interesting, like just watching those combine interviews of the players is Traylon Burks looked all business, man. I don't think I saw him smile one time. Um, he's up there and he's just like, I'm doing everything. I'm ready to do it all. I could play inside, outside. They asked him what his best positional lineup is. He's like, outside, put me outside. Like, he just looked all business, all business, man. I, I Honestly, I saw a bunch of Traylon Burks pictures. None of them, he had a smile on his face. Dude looks serious, ready to go. And tonight we do get some uh, on-field testing. So this is going to be a good day. What did we have? Wide receivers, running backs, quarterbacks, Quarterbacks, wide receivers, tight ends tonight. Uh, O-line and running backs are tomorrow. Okay, okay. O-line and running backs tomorrow. Okay, so we get some, we get some good stuff. No, uh, no Malik Willis. I, I I think we're going to trend towards this way, man. You know, we saw Lamar Jackson opt out of the 40. Kyler Murray n never ran a 40. I just think the guys that are, like, really fast, they're probably not going to do it. There's no upside to doing it at the combine because if Malik ran a 4-5, it, it only hurts him, right? Even though we know 4-5 is still really fast, there's no benefit to him doing it in that kind of environment. He's going to do it at his pro day, apparently. But it wouldn't shock me even if come pro day time, he's like, look, you see the tape, I'm fast enough. I'm not going to run a 40-yard dash time. So I, I think we may be trending towards this way with some players. But ultimately, the combine is back. So tonight is going to be really interesting. The sucky part is, man, the last like on-field drills, and I believe it's the wide receivers, they don't leave the field until 11 p.m., which is crazy, right? So yeah. they talked about this a couple of years ago. Like you're, you're doing all this shit throughout the entire day. And then you're on field like way late in the evening. How much energy is exhausted at that point? I don't know, man. I mean, just think about you. If you try to go get a workout in super late, maybe for some people it works out. But you probably got a little more energy earlier in the afternoon or early morning to get you a good workout in opposed to putting everything on wax at, you know, late at night. So, the, yes, the, the running events happen before 11 p.m., but still, it's a long day, exhausting interview process for these guys. So I'm sure we'll all be tapped in. No show tomorrow. So we will recap everything that happened at the combine, height, weight, 
all that stuff. Monday, Tuesday, it's going to be a lot of the show. Then we're going to do a updated rookie mock to see how much the combine has influenced the community, right? Uh, for me, and this is a good segue into my film grades, a lot of stuff isn't going to change uh, at this point for me. And this is why I wanted to do this because normally a lot of people that you guys follow, you know, I'm not naive enough to think I'm the only football mind fantasy analyst that you guys listen to. I appreciate y'all tapping in every single morning, rocking with me and Jay. Like we love it, right? We, we love to entertain. We love to provide some actionable content, but I'm not naive enough to think that you don't outsource information from other people as you should. You should be listening to Matt Kelly. You should be tapping into the PFF stuff that they have going on and Dynasty Nerds and whatever your resource is, right? You should be tapping into multiple uh, content creators to, to get as much information as possible. But a lot of times people are like, you know, you get on Twitter, you get on social media, you, you get on a website and it's like, I got this guy wide receiver one or, or RB one or RB two, but there's never a how they got there. There's never a why. There's never anything that sort of explains how you arrived at the conclusion that you did. And I too was uh, one, of, one at one point doing that, right? Like I give my top 10 running backs, you go my top 20. And it's like, well, how the hell did you get there? Is it just... Are you just pulling shit out of the sky and saying this is what I like? How did you get to that process? So this year, what I wanted to do when I talked about it with my patrons very, very in depth is I wanted to provide some some, I guess, a process to how I get to where I got to. Right. And I, I'm not a data guy. I don't, I don't crunch numbers. I just watch the tape. That's that's what I do. I just watch the film and I have broken down. All the important or what I believe to be important attributes for the wide receiver and running back position and put a weight to those categories, right? So a lot of people say route running. Route running is so important. Well, we've, we talked about on the show, when, when inside that route does a wide receiver win? Do they win off the line of scrimmage? Do they win inside the route phase or do they win at the catch point? So I put weighted category scores on each one of those departments how are their hands how's their uh, play speed uh, do they have downfield ability to hit those home run plays like a Jamar Chase down the field uh, do they have that yak ability to pick up yards after the catch like an A.J. Brown or Debo Samuel like I've, I've broken everything down and put a percentage weight on each one of those categories and when I sit down to do this and you got y'all if, if, if y'all think I'm bullshitting ask anybody that subscribes to patreon.com uh, forward slash prospect talk it takes a while to do this, right? A, you can't grade wide receivers. Honestly, I don't care who y'all are listening to. If somebody's spitting out wide receiver film grades or tape scores and they don't have access to all 22 film, don't even listen to it because it's absolutely impossible to see what the hell the wide receiver is doing off the broadcast film. You you can't, you see the catch point and unless they do a replay, you have no clue. So it takes some time to work through these. So I've, I've completed my running back film scores, which I talked about on here a little bit. And I'm only done with like 14 or 15 of the wide receivers. But I think of the wide receivers that I graded, I have a very good idea that that top 12 is, the, is going to be the top 12. And here's the thing, nothing Nothing is going to change these film scores. Nothing. Nothing that happens at the combine. Nothing that happens at a pro day. These are not my final rankings, but I will not adjust the film grades because I want to see how good I am at it, right? So we've got our data guy that's going to take those film grades at the end of the fantasy season, put it on some pie chart, some bar graph thing with fantasy success, and just see, just based on the tape, how accurate was Ray with these rankings. Now, these will not be my final rankings. The, the one thing that I think is the biggest deciding factor for fantasy success, right? If you don't listen to anybody, if you don't have any data, if you don't have any film, 
if you just drafted based on draft capital alone, your hit rate is probably going to be in the green more than it is in the red, right? You're going to have more hits off of draft capital than than anything else. And that's not to say that's the uh, uh, a whole, you know, whole serve sort of, um, you know, theory, but more times than not, the NFL tells you how they feel about these players. And yes, they get stuff wrong. Players go in the fourth, fifth, sixth round all the time. Um, but draft capital will be the one thing that influences these rankings, right? And these still won't change, but I'll just make another column and adjust based on draft capital. So let's go ahead and get into it. Um, yeah, appreciate you, Gary. It's um, You don't want to rush it. You don't want to cheapen the product and BS people and just throw shit out there and some of these rankings y'all may disagree with or you may agree with. Like, just just know that it took time to work through all of these, and we will see, right? I'm not I'm not saying that my stuff is the is the end all be all, but I just want to be transparent with my process moving forward. I want to be transparent with how I do things and, and what I'm telling you guys to consume. So let's start with the running back position, right? So let's just talk about the explanation of the numbers that you see, because you might see a 60 or a 70 and be like, damn, that's a D or a C, when in reality, uh, if you see 70 above, that's pretty damn good, right? If you see 70 and above for any of these players, that's pretty good. So 85 plus, just for like completeness, right? I went back and did this for Jonathan Taylor. He scored an 86, all right? And that's... I mean, that's elite top three at position, right? So if you see 85 and above, that's great. That is, you're not, I'll just, I'll just bury the lead. You're not going to see any 85s. You're not going to see any 80s to 85s. But if a player scores 80 to 85, that's a high-end RB1 to mid-range RB1. So you're talking about RBs, you know, RB6, 7, 8, you know what I mean, in that, in that top range. 75 through 79.999. That's, a, that's an RB1, low-end RB1, high-end RB2, just based off the film. And again, this can and will change based off draft capital, right? Isaiah Spiller gets picked in the fourth round. Brees Hall is the second-round pick. Brees Hall is the undisputed running back one in this class. And he, and he may be that for some of you right now. 70 to 74.99, mid-range RB2, probably more of a high-end RB3, which is fine. 65 to 69.9, low-end RB3, RB4 with upside. And then if you see 60 to 64.99, that's an average backup. They've got some upside. If they become a starter at some point in time, you probably want to sell them, all right? So let's just go through um, my RB5 based on the film in this class, and that is... Arizona State running back Rashad White graded out as a 68.85. Off the film, Rashad White is the uh, RB5 in this class. And I like Rashad White a lot, right? Rashad White, nice, nice player, smooth player. Uh, really like what he brings to the table. And and, and I think he's going to test really well uh, today, Rashad White, that is. Um, you know, you, you see him at Arizona State. He can catch the ball. Juco transfer. I like the player a lot. It's going to be interesting to see what um what his draft capital is. Joe, I got you. Joe's like, what's a 68 again? I got you. I got you. I'll go back to it. But we're going to see how he tests uh, today at the uh, at the well on Friday at the combine. But I like Rashad White a lot. The skill set. I don't think he's a day one starting running back in the NFL. I think he's you know RB three. You know, flex play, backup running back that could could get on the field. Think Ramondre Stevenson, right? 
think Ramondre Stevenson, when he came into the New England Patriots, backup running back, got on the field when given opportunity, he was really good. And Joe, for your for your uh, for optional completeness, low in RB three, RB four with upside out the gate, just based off the tape. Draft capital will influence this at some point, right? So he's right outside of that seventy range. So I like Rashad White, but I, I, listen, maybe I'm a tough grader, maybe I'm a hard grader, but when I'm looking at the gold standard at these positions, uh, like, and if you're sub to the Patreon, like, you could see every category. You can go through, and we don't have enough time to go through each box. Um, but Rashad White, I like him, but he's not in that, you know, immediate RB3, RB2 range for me. My running back four in the class, Kenneth Walker, 71.10 RB4, based on the film, and the only reason the only reason Kenneth Walker, <clears throat> excuse me, is a 71 in this class. And I went through and jigged like two categories, receiving versatility and uh, just the hands, right? Watching him run routes out of the backfield. If I gave him two or three more points in each one of those two categories, that's it. He would, he'd be right behind Spiller and Hall, right behind those guys. But the fact of the matter is we have not seen Kenneth Walker do those things in college. That's not to say that he cannot do them. We just have not seen him do it. I think he's going to look really good today, show those hands at the combine, um, and, and we'll see, right? So you're looking at it 71.1. When I went back and did this with the other running backs in the class, right, like the other running backs into the class – Javante Williams, higher grade. Najee Harris, higher grade. Travis Etienne, higher grade. DeAndre Swift, high. And I think that's appropriate. I would take Javante. I would take Najee. I would take Etienne. Don't even get me started with 2020 over a lot of these running backs in 2022, right? They're still going to have value. I like Kenneth Walker, but there's no way that I was going to do a grade where he was in the same category as Javonta Williams, the same category as DeAndre Swift. Like, And I just look at these things for what they are. There it is. Kenneth Walker, like him. Think he's going to be a. I think he's going to get the draft capital to matter. Is he going to be an elite running back in this in this league? I don't know. Right right now, based on the film, mid range RB two to high end RB three, and all of these guys have upside. I put with upside on the bottom, but all of them have upside. Right, it's not the end all be all. All right, at RB three in the class, Kyron Williams, a, a, a hair above Kenneth Walker, and majority of Kyron Williams's grade came from um, his physicality, his power, and the receiving versatility. I think he's one of the best, if not the best, kind of dual threat running back in this class. Tonight's going to be very big, or tomorrow's going to be very big for Kyron Williams. We have to see if Kyron Williams is is actually five foot nine, five foot you know five foot eight, two hundred pounds. It's going to be huge for Kyron. If Kyron is a little dude, if Kyron is five foot seven, one hundred ninety five pounds. I don't care what the film tells me, he's going to move down, right? But you see what he did in college. Uh, again, best pass-catching running back in this class, in my opinion, better than James Cook. He's got some Austin Eckler in his game, if all things break well. He's going to hit the field early and often because of that uh, the pass-blocking prowess. I like Kyron Williams a lot, a lot, but it's going to be big for him, no pun intended, the type of size that Kyron Williams has. He cannot be 5'7", 195. That's just not going to cut it. So for me, all eyes are on Kyron Williams here in this uh, here at the Combine, all right? Top two guys, let's go with number two. And honestly, y'all, it's it's coin flip. Like, And when you see it, it's coin flip. If you don't like it, then that's – listen, it's coin flip. 
by far, you know, all the other running backs, 71s. Brees Hall, 75.15. And one more time, 75.1, low-end RB1 out the gate for a Brees Hall for me. I, I think he's an incredible running back. That Every time I turn on Brees Hall film, it, it's, it is very difficult when you just watch him work, when you watch him play. It's very difficult uh, to have any running back ahead of him. It's, it's hard, man. He's so good. He's so good. He was so dominant for so long. The size, I think he's got great elusiveness. He's patient, man. He's patient. People say he doesn't have a ton of speed. I think he's fast enough. I think he's more than fast enough. He ain't Chris Johnson. You're not going to confuse him for that. But uh, it, it's hard to argue three years of solid, three, two, three years of solid production, two years of great production. His final two years at Iowa State, I love, I call him B-Button Brees. He's got a nasty spin move. He just knows how to set defenders up, man. He just knows how to set the look at this. He just look at this. He just knows how to set people up. Incredible, incredible running back prospect. Uh in this class, I know it's not a lot to be inspired about, but Brees Hall, I think, is somebody you should get excited about. He's really good. And then remember, Brees Hall 75.15. It, it, 75.28, barely. Isaiah Spiller barely edges out Brees Hall for the film as my top guy, right? Like, and it's what he can do. He did it in the SEC. He was productive, 1,000 straight total yards for three straight seasons in the SEC. I'm all in on Isaiah Spiller if he gets the draft capital. If he doesn't get the draft capital, then we reevaluate. But I saw him dominate the SEC for three years. You could give me all the Devon A-chain stuff you want. Uh, I, I don't, you know... I don't, I don't care where anybody else has these guys. I, I love everybody's work. I appreciate everybody's stuff. But when it comes to just talking about ballers and looking at something and understanding the things that actually matter for, for football, uh, I, I trust what I see in my process over a lot of people out there, especially a lot of just content creators. If the, if the big-time analysts, the, you know, the Daniel Jeremiah's and such who do this 24-7, Dane Brugler tell me otherwise, if the NFL tells me otherwise, we reevaluate. But that's my process, right? I'm not out there just throwing out numbers and not telling you how I got there. I am showing you every category that I find important, I list it out for you, and I'm not going to change it, right? So whether I'm right or wrong, there's no deleting tweets. There's no deleting processes. My shit is out there for all of y'all to tap into and see. Jay, now that we went through the running backs, what are your thoughts, man? I think that you nailed a lot of it. And for people who don't really see the correlation here, it's the importance of the passing game, right? If you're just grading running backs for you know potential to the NFL – that's fine, and that will be graded a certain way. But if for fantasy purposes, we got to have that receiving ability because we know that that's a more fruitful fantasy path than it is just running the ball. And that's the big discrepancy with Kenneth Walker, right? And one of the reasons why, like, we've talked about a lot, and especially for me, one of the guys that I'm really in on this year is Tyler Algier. But you have Rashad White higher than him, and you talked about you have Bam Knight at six in your film grades. But then Tyler Archer is probably just below that. And part of the reason why, again, is because he doesn't have the receiving prowess of some of the guys you have near him. And I completely understand that because at the end of the day, those first and second down bruisers, they're never really going to get it done unless they're scoring a ton of touchdowns. We're talking about guys who have a lot of upside. But where I'm with you is Kenneth Walker is that good of a runner that he deserves to have a score that high. And if he does have the receiving prowess, he has that upside to be a tier one guy up there with Spiller, up there with Hall. I'm not entirely surprised you had spillover Hall because I know what you like, but I am surprised that the receiving prowess of Hall didn't 
pushed them just above Spiller. I know you when you graded them, you said they were very close and closer than you expected. But I did I did expect Hall to come in a little bit higher than Spiller overall. So I don't the know if you want to touch on that or you want to kind of move towards <clears throat> the wide receivers. His hands, I think they are dead even. If you look at that category with just being able to catch the ball, I think they're dead even. I think where Spiller, without me looking at it, where Spiller edged him out, you know what, I'll look at it, is the receiving, and I call it creative versatility, it's how they're yeah. used. So receiving versatility for Isaiah Spiller, he was an eight in that department. Brees Hall was a six. If I change that, let's just say I give Brees Hall a seven in that category, and I give him that receipt. He's our, one point yeah, he in that. He's 75.75. If I give Brees Hall an eight, if I give him tied with Isaiah Spiller, he's by far, he's run away. He's, he's, he's 76.35. Literally, the yeah. only thing that kept Brees Hall underneath Isaiah Spiller is the receiving versatility, which means where they line up on the field. I saw Isaiah Spiller at X. I've seen him in the slot. I've seen him spaced out in the receiving game more than Brees Hall was spaced out in Iowa State. So that does not mean Brees cannot do it. That does not mean he's incapable of doing it. I am just grading off of the nine games that I watched for each of these running backs, equal nine games. I saw I. Texas A&M utilized Isaiah Spiller in the receiving department more creatively than Iowa State used Brees Hall. That is it. I give Brees Hall, I probably can, honestly, Jay, let me, I'm not even going to give him a point. <clears throat> let me take, let me take his receiving versatility to 6.5, just a half a point. He's RB1. Yeah, he, 75.45. He yeah, for yes, sure. that's the only thing that kept Brees Hall there. So, I mean, honestly, I mean, if you want to say, Ray, he can do that, if you tell me Ray can do that, uh, then Brees Hall's RB1, and I wouldn't argue it. Jay Wack, shout out to Jay Wack, Dynasty Nerds, they do the same thing. I'm all about showing love to dope content creators. Dynasty Nerds is the same shit. They have a nerd score that they put out, and it's based solely on the film. And shout out to them, because I got the idea from them. They were transparent with their process, right? They're like, yo, this is how we got here. And they put it out there. So if you want to compare mine with, with other film industry peoples who actually put their work out there, who are transparent, who aren't just saying, Isaiah Spill is RB9. How? I just think he's RB9. We're putting that shit out there on wax for everybody to see, poke into, agree, disagree. But you can't say we're not transparent with it and these will not change. So I appreciate the love. If you want to see the rest of the 30 running backs that I have graded and it gets god-awful after a certain point, then patreon.com forward slash prospect talk. Uh, you know, seven bucks a month. Check it out. Get it. And uh, you'll see how it is. But let's move to the wide receivers. Finish this up. <clears throat> wide receiver grades. Oh, that's running back. Sorry. Wide receivers are much like the... Uh, much like the uh, running backs as far as uh, the the scale. Let me get the scale up for the receivers. Here we go. There we go. So here we go again. 85 plus elite top three at the position. And just for optional completeness, Jamar Chase was an 84.8. So, I mean, he didn't even get like the 85, but clearly he's an elite wide receiver. Clearly. Right, 80 to 85, high-end wide receiver one to mid-range wide receiver one, 75 to 79, nine, low-end wide receiver one, high-end wide receiver two, 70 to 74.9, mid-range wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three, 65 to 69.99, low-end wide receiver three to wide receiver four with upside, 
and then 60 to 64.99 average backup with some upside. Those are the wide receiver explanations. Explain. I probably should. You know what I'm going to do? No, I can't do it. I was going to just minimize this. So I even have to go back and look at what the hell they mean sometimes. But let's go. Let's start with uh, wide receiver five in the class. For me, Georgia wide receiver George Pickens, 73.33. Listen, man, I know he didn't play this year. So you got to go back. Got to go back to 2020. Got to look at some 2019 tape. And I don't like going all the way back to their freshman seasons because they just improved so much from their freshman year to the sophomore year, from the sophomore year to the junior year. But George Pickens, uh, you go back to, to last season, not this past season, but the season before, it's uh, it's incredible. I mean, he's that good. Find me, find me an area in George Pickens' game where it just doesn't look like it's going to translate. He's that freaking good, man. Um... Just a bully, scored really high in the physicality department, all phases of the route. He was very good. His catch radius was extremely high. You see some of these grabs. The catch radius for the wide receiver is just ridiculous, right? And I think I'll actually go through some of that real quick so you guys can know my top three attributes for the wide receiver that I look for when I'm scouting these guys as we watch through George Pickens. Uh, with the wide receivers, the, th- the three things that I find most important, the hands, downf- downfield ability, the separation, line of scrimmage, catch point, route phase, yak and play speed. Those are, those are my most important attributes. For the wide receiver position, George Pickens checks in at wide receiver five based on the film. We'll see how he does at the combine. He said he's going to run 4-3. If GP runs 4-3, is tonight? I mean, tonight. We'll see. He's about to skyrocket. If he runs 4-3, it's about to be lights out for GP. Uh, He's going to be a first-round pick if he runs 4-3 with his catch radius, with his play speed, and he's a dog in the run blocking game a dog i mean he's putting people on their ass week after week outside george Pickens, super dope wide receiver four based on the film garrett wilson 75.5 uh good garrett wilson very very good very good uh line of scrimmage separation one of the highest in the class gave him an 8.5 in that category route phase separation eight yak eight Play speed a little bit lower than some of the others. Body control, highest body control uh, score in the class at a 9.5 for Garrett Wilson. Uh, Just really, really, really good wide receiver prospect. Uh, They got his his 40-yard dash kind of low. I don't think he's going to run a 4-4, and I also do not care. The body control, how good he is off the line, in phase, and at the catch point, you see it right here. He's incredible. To be six foot one, one eighty five, one ninety. The catch radius is phenomenal. His contested catch ability is good, and then he's just a dog off the line of scrimmage. Garrett Wilson, I, I think he's a player that's going to be good, and he's going to be damn good for a long time. First round pick, lock in my opinion. Listen, he, he's nasty. G Dub, G Dub, wide receiver four based on the film, and you just see some of this right now. Uh, what team would I love him to see? Love to see him with. Give give him give him to Justin Herbert. Look at that shit, man. Give look at that. Just give him to Justin Herbert. Let him have some fun with Herbs. Garrett Wilson is an absolute dog. Love him. Wide receiver three based on the film in this class. And Jay, please be monitoring the comments. I hear him popping off, popping off, popping off. J Mo seventy six point two oh. Listen, man. J Wax said it. He was like, yo, he's my wide receiver. I don't know if he's still his wide receiver one, 
But, man, downfield ability, 9-5. Line of scrimmage separation, an 8 in that department. Yak, 9. You, you, give, him the, you, give, him a, you give him an inch, he's taking, he's taking a foot every time. Play speed. Gold standard in my model for play speed is Tyreek Hill. Jamison Williams, 9.5 play speed. Uh, he just, <laughs> even with a torn ACL, Jamison Williams is still being regarded as a first-round pick. And I'm seeing a lot of smoke about J-Mo uh, to the Buffalo Bills. He's great, man. It, it Alabama, just every year, you know, every year, Waddle and Smith and, and you know, even Jude. They, they have these wide receivers with this draft capital. Jamison Williams is so much more complete than a downfield threat. Like, he is good after the catch. He's good off the line of scrimmage. He's got the home run type ability that you're looking for uh, to score those big plays in fantasy football. I, it just deceleration, acceleration. It's just incredible, man. Look at this. You just give outrunning angle. That's, oh, Jay, I love J-Mo. I love him. I want J-Mo. He's that Damn good, dude. I'm just watching that, and I just get excited. Jamison Williams is dope. And the top two wide receivers in the class for me, because I want to save some time for comments. I talked about this dude for a long time. Let me take a sip of Topo. You already told everybody yesterday. There's no point of burying the lead here. Oh, I'm, I'm creating fake drama? All right. Fake drama, Ray. I'm Aaron Rodgers. Traylon Burks, wide receiver two. Talked about him for a long time. Love him. He's still my guy. I was talking about Trey Lawrence two years ago. Me. GQ was. But he's my wide receiver, too, based on the film. 76.95. You heard Trey Lawrence talk about he models his game after A.J. Brown, after Debo Samuel. He's 6'3". He said his ideal playing weight is 225, 228. He's probably going to run 4'4 in the 40-yard dash, maybe sub 4'4". Uh, the yak is there. Uh, body control, contested catchability, play speed is great, size is great, uh, hands are great, everything is great. He hunts hogs with a knife. It's confirmed. It's not 5XL gloves, it's 4XL. He's got big hands, hit 22 miles per hour on that run that we're seeing right there. There goes the contested grabs. <sighs> he's just good, man. He's just good. He's a great wide receiver. He's, he's fantastic. If he were in last year's class, he'd be wide receiver two behind Jamar Chase. If, if we did this, uh, wide receiver three behind Jamar Chase. He's that good. He'd be ahead of Devontae Smith. I've had him graded ahead, ahead of Jalen Waddle. He'd be right behind uh, my wide receiver two, uh, wide receiver one in this class, and the wide receiver one last year, which was Traylon, uh, which was, God damn it, Jamar Chase. God, Ray, I'm just looking at Traylon. I'm, I'm just stuck to him. But, yes, my wide receiver one in 2021 – Based on the film, a whole category a little bit higher than than um, J-Mo and Traylon is Drake London out of USC at a 77.05. I, I think he is. I think he's much better off the line of scrimmage than people give him credit for. And I even scored him low there, right? I gave him a 6.5 in that category. But catch point separation, 8.5. Yak ability, 8. Body control, 8. Catch radius, 9. Contested catch in the red zone, 10. Physicality, 8.5. Catching traffic, 8. Body control, 8. I mean, you got some 6.5s. Route phase separation, 6.5. Lower than Traylon, lower than Garrett Wilson, lower than Sky Moore. I mean, he's one of the lowest in his route phase separation and also one of the lowest off the line of scrimmage at a 6.5, right? I've got Pickens ahead of him, Sky Moore ahead of him, David Bell, Justin Ross, Christian Watson. But where he's so good at is his downfield ability, his play speed, hands a seven. So there's play, like he didn't score great across the board, but the areas that matter in my grading system, 
he was fantastic. And I think Drake London is the best wide receiver prospect in this class. I think he's going to translate very well at the NFL level. He's going to get the draft capital. He's close to 100%. He's going to work out at his pro day. Just a player this big, that's this fluid, that has this much control, that can do stuff like that off the line of scrimmage. And let's not forget, he's only been full-time focused on football for two seasons now as he was a part. Like, he played basketball through high school. Very good high school basketball player. Played on the USC USC, uh, Trojans collegiate basketball team for two years. And he's incredibly young. He's incredibly young. His catch point separation is good. He's physical, and he produced with other NFL talent on his team. Michael Pittman Jr., Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, Drake London, my wide receiver one, based on the film in this class. I love him. Top three guys, Traylon, J-Mo, and Drake London, my wide receiver one in this 2021 NFL draft class. Jay, those are the film grades. I know the comments are going nuts. Hit me with it, baby. So... One of the big questions that people were asking about in regards to Pickens in particular was how much do you factor injury into some of these rankings, right? Like, does it factor at all? How does it impact your ranking? Like you're talking about, it's hard for Pickens because he didn't play this year. And and another question, just to kind of tie them together, was do you ever watch 2023 guys and, and grade them and say, hey, they're going to be better than 2022? And how would you kind of approach that process? Nah, just... None of that, um, you know, I I don't factor in any of the outside stuff. Injury, projected times, like even Justin Ross. I heard all these medical concerns. We know he had, you know, the spinal injury. We know all of that stuff. None of that factored into where I have Justin Ross. And I have Justin Ross a lot higher than in my mind where I'd feel comfortable taking him. Like I heard he had a Jones Jones fracture injury that kept him out. So that on top of a spinal injury, that's not that's not good, right? But he's comfortably inside my top 10 wide receivers. Just I'm grading it on the film. And here's where I think this tool is useful. We can debate RB1 through RB5, right? But for most people outside of BDGE, apparently, Isaiah Spiller is going to be inside the top five of your running backs. So let draft capital and landing spot shape that out for you, right? Like there's no point... I think it's me and Andy Holloway from the Fantasy Footballers talked about this on Twitter yesterday. I think it's a wasteful exercise to for two people to just complain about Spiller versus Hall. One, two. Spiller versus Hall. Spiller versus Walker. One, three. Like, let draft capital separate that. Where I think this tool is extremely useful is I'm only grading these guys based on what they can do on the field. So when you're in the second and third round of your rookie drafts and you're trying to figure out who do I take a shot on, It's only grading them based on their skill set on the field. And if they get an opportunity, can they produce if said player gets the opportunity? Do I grade them against 2023? No. But what I will assume will happen is when I'm looking at Jackson Smith and Jigba, just based on where I had Drake London, a 6.5 in his route phase separation, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba will be higher. His play speed, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba will grade out well. Like what I think will happen, and we'll see, I can't, I don't know what, I don't, I can't give you, it's my first year doing this, so I can't tell you historically what's happened, but I grade every one of these guys with an open, I don't go in with the bias saying, I don't like Justin Ross, so I'm going to make sure Justin Ross is outside my top 10. I love Traylon, so I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure Traylon's one. I'm just taking time. I watch it, step away, come back. What I think will happen is next year, some of those players are just going to grade out higher. Like, there's no doubt in my mind, Smith and Jigba will probably grade out higher than Burks and Drake London. And if that's the case, then 
awesome, right? Will Jordan Addison grade out that high? I don't know, but we'll see. We'll be able to track it. It's only my first year doing this, but I just wanted to be transparent with the people on that. So overall takeaway, like 65 and above, pretty good. Nobody is in the 80s, so don't worry about that. This is not an ABCD scale. No one's in the 80s. No one crested 70, 78, like Drake London in the highest at a 77 um, because of the categories that matter. And maybe next year, some of the shit that I think matters more, I go refine that and bump some weight down, move some weight up. We'll continue to refine the model, the process. But there it is. Um, I, Joe, I'm with you. I'm excited football is here. I think we're all excited football is here. Uh, you know, this is just one piece of your one piece of your puzzle, right? Don't just... This is what GQ said, so this is what it is. It's one piece of the puzzle. The big thing is I want to be transparent with y'all and, um, you know, at least put some rationale behind why the hell I got to where I got instead of, and you will see it. What I will ask you to do, challenge some of your favorite content creators. Tell them to show they work. They putting out rankings. Here's my top 20. How'd you get there? How, how did you arrive at that? Like, that's a fair question. You should ask every analyst that question. How did you get there? You know, Matt Kelly and Player Profile, I can tell you how they got there. They got a, they got a system, right? They got breakout fine. They can tell you how they got there. PFF, whether you like them or not, they can tell you how they got there. All these other cats y'all sub to, all these other Patreons y'all giving money to, tell these people, tell these people to show you how they got there because that's what we doing. We showing you how, you got, how we got there. Whether you like it or not, at least you can say, damn it, at least he showed his work. And I appreciate y'all tapping in. You know what I'm saying? Combine tonight. Jay, uh, one more time since we got people in here. Sign, JT, helmet. Look, Matt Black, I'm not even touching it. I want to put it on, but I'm not going to do it. Sign, JT, helmet. All you got to do is register Pristine Auction. That's all, that's all you got to do is register. Use the code ALLGAS. You get entry. The promo ends next week. I will be picking a winner. We'll do it live on here. Um, you want to support the content we're doing, patreon.com forward slash prospect talk, sub to the podcast, uh, the YouTube channel, prize picks, wake up. I love y'all. I appreciate y'all. Go have some fun. I will not be making any Jalen Rager type videos this year during the draft season. I'm going to sit my ass down, enjoy it. I, there's still, there's still video floating around out there with your boy that will never go away, but we love you. We appreciate y'all. Y'all have a great weekend and tap y'all asses back in on Monday morning so we can talk about everything that went down. Y'all be easy. I'm out. Peace.